Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Ackeson Podcast. Today, John Ondrasik of Five for Fighting on his new song, We're Not Okay. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Well, Cheryl, you were one of the first people who um, reported on, on Blood in My Hands, the Afghanistan song that was critical of our withdrawal and abandoning so many allies. It was very interesting with that song. It became embraced by many of our uh, Afghan veterans who felt gutted, ashamed um, of the fact that we did abandon um, our fellow brothers in arms who we promised to protect. And that song kind of uh, had an impact in a certain way. Of course, the music business shunned it and and most of the media shunned it, but um, I think it was very important to our veterans. And I was hoping that that would be the last time I ever had to write a song like that. Um, I'm not necessarily someone who, you know, stands on a soapbox and screams my my political views or moral views. To me, it was a moral song. But then here came Ukraine. And, you know, we even talked about, Cheryl, you know, when we abandoned Afghanistan, what would dominoes would come after that? And I think we saw um, Ukraine on the verge. And certainly if you're going to abandon your allies to terrorists, I don't think Putin thought twice about going into Ukraine. So here comes Ukraine. And what was our first uh, gesture when Putin invaded Ukraine? Well, we offered Zelensky a plane ticket (laughs) to abandon his family, to abandon his country. And, and, uh, And he said, no, um, I'll stay here, probably going to die in the next few weeks with my family, uh, and, but send me some Stinger missiles. So I was inspired by that courage. Um, I hadn't seen that in a generation. So I wrote a song, Can One Man Save the World, basically recognizing the plight of the Ukrainians. And I had an opportunity to actually go to Kiev, record the song in a bombed out airport, uh, the Antonov Airport with an amazing Ukrainian orchestra, which is an incredible experience. And that song resonated. And again, I, I said, okay, last one. Wait, before, before you leave Ukraine, yeah, because that song was more in line with some on the political left, did it get more circulation than the Afghanistan blood on my hands? It did. It debuted on Good Morning America. <laughs> so so you saw, um, and I think when, 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 uh, when that song came out early in the war, there was a very bipartisan consensus supporting Ukraine. Fox News played the whole video on Fox and Friends. Good Morning America debuted it. Still, the music industry was leery of covering it. But yeah, it, it did not have the bite of of the um, Afghanistan song because it frankly was not criticizing the administration. And what are just, again, before we move on, some of your reflections today, because when the war with Russian Ukraine broke out, there was a lot of publicity that made it sound like if we just gave them this or that, this was almost over, Putin is sick, no one supports him, he's about to fall. And here we are all this time later. What are some of your thoughts and reflections about that? Well, I think 
all of our projections from our military leaders, particularly General Milley, have been wrong. <laughs> you know, he, 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 he said it would take months for Kabul to fall. It fell in a week. He said the war in Ukraine would end in three days. Um, I've been frustrated um, with some of the Republicans. Uh, I understand the concern of people of saying, where's the money going? I was there. I literally saw miles of trucks outside the border. And I was asking myself, what is in those trucks? So I think I think the, the, the fail that we've had as a country, we've had no oversight. I think the administration likes to write checks and say, okay, we're doing something. They even did that after Afghanistan, but there was no oversight seeing where's the money going? Uh, do we have boots on the ground there? Not fighting a war, but seeing where the money's going and where, it, where the weapons are going. Um, so I, I, that has been frustrating. And I understand why people are frustrated. I still believe that if we abandon Ukraine to Putin and we allow him to take um, Ukraine, uh, it doesn't stop there. I think it puts our soldiers more at risk. Um, I think, I know it's frustrating. It's a long haul, but we are, you know, over time reducing uh, the Russian army. Um, but I think Putin knew that this slog was going to go for a long time. And I'm sure he had input into the attack on Israel because I'm sure his calculus was, you know, Hamas attacks Israel, all the focus goes there. We continue this pressure of of, of kind of pushing um, some of the Republicans to say, you know, we spent too much and it's working. It's working. Ukraine's off the page. A lot of people are still, you know, wanting to kind of end support of Ukraine, but I don't see how that end, ends well for anybody. All it does is just reduce um, America's, you know, strength in the world and lets another evil tyrant kind of win like the Taliban did. So then here comes the attack on Israel, which again was polarizing. And I would think just sort of as a neutral journalist with, I don't cover stories in the Mideast, um, looking at it, I don't understand in some respects why it's so polarizing because when Islamic extremist terrorists attack and do what they did, it seems to me there should be global condemnation, but it's always very complicated as we know when it involves um, Islamic extremist terrorists and Palestinians and so on. So what motivated you? What did you see and what got you going again to write your new song? No, I think you're right. We live in a mad world. We see so many things that should be common sense, simple, and we see insane things happening and people excusing atrocities. I think um, certainly the attacks were just horrific. Um, just like 9-11, just like the Afghan withdrawal, I think we were just shocked by the the terrible nature. I mean, frankly, this was worse than anything we've ever seen, you know, killing babies in front of their parents, filming it and sending it to the family. I mean, I, I don't know, we can even imagine that, maybe ISIS. But then I think the aftermath maybe shocked a lot of us. Maybe it shouldn't have, but it did. You know, Cheryl, after... 9-11, I was honored to play the concert for New York, right? And I remember walking down 7th Avenue and you, you remember all the posters of those who were missing and we knew they weren't missing. Um, and it was so heartbreaking. But can you imagine people walking in and ripping down those posters? I think that stuff was so visceral. And then of course, within 24 hours, having the celebrations in Times Square, it wasn't two or three people, it was thousands of people celebrating the atrocities. Then of course, our colleges who we've known 
for decades have been kind of infested by this radicalism and anti-Semitism. Again, celebrating these atrocities, saying it's Israel's fault. And then here comes the UN, who still has not condemned Hamas. And we're learning every day how deeply seated they are in the in the the terrorist game. So I think all those things were really scary about the culture. And the scariest thing to me was some of the polls starting to come out that showed our youth from 18 to 24, more of them support Hamas than Israel. 20% don't think the Holocaust happened. 70% call Israel oppressors. So that really scared me. And I think the whole theme of the song that we're not okay, certainly the surface is Israel Hamas, but it's really not. It's about the world as a whole for those who want to save civilization and those who want to tear it down. And I think we're losing that battle. You so said, that's I believe that Eric Adams, mayor of New York City, said something that got you thinking. So tell us about that. Yeah, early in, you might remember early, um, the early days after October 7th, after the rallies in New York, uh, Eric Adams, Democrat, uh, came out and said, basically the theme of the song, he said, we're all right. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, he said, we're not all right. Um, if we are celebrating, you know, the kidnapping of grandmothers, the you know raping of women at a concert, um, the beheading of babies, something's really wrong as a culture. And he was lauded for being very brave to say that. And I thought that was a right thing to say, but I also like, shouldn't everybody be saying that? <laughs> why, why just Eric Adams saying that? And it's a big deal because he said that. But to your point, as we started this conversation, that's not how it is. So that sentiment of something's really wrong in the culture. Our, all our moral institutions um, are collapsing. You see it in academia. You see it in business. You see it in politics with the Hamas caucus, with Rashida Tlaib, um, you know, basically refusing to condemn Hamas to this day. AOC, Cori Bush, um, just, just, this, just yesterday, Israel rescued two hostages um, and of course, the Hamas caucus was basically criticizing them for going into Rafah. So you see all this stuff and it just scares you because it's not isolated. Um, and I said, as I said, I think we're losing uh, the generation of kids who are bought into the oppressor, oppressy kind of wokeism mind, mind virus. So describe the song and the imagery and what people will hear when they listen. Yeah, the song sentiment is basically that, that we're not okay. Um, something's really wrong. We've kind of lost a piece of our soul. And also that we cannot keep our heads in the sand any longer. Um, we cannot just turn the other way, be afraid to call a name, be called names. Um, really, I think the, the future of, of kind of the West is on a tipping point. Um, there's images, of course, of, of the early uh, concert that uh, that so many were kidnapped and killed and raped. Uh, and then it, it, it recognizes the culture of death that you see in Gaza and many of the Arab um, countries where at five years old, kids are taught to hate Jews and that um, to go to heaven, you blow yourself up and kill Jews. Um, so it recognizes that because that's the long-term problem that we have to address. And then, you know, it calls out um, Harvard by name. 
um, Harvard is kind of ground zero for the the rot that is our college campuses. This incredible institution that everybody would dream to send their kids to ranks last on the free speech index and literally has, you know, many of their uh, clubs and institution blaming Israel for these attacks. And it calls out the evil actors by name. I know like the, the axis of evil, some people like sh shrug their shoulders. Oh, that's kind of dramatic. But I think you have to call it what it is. You know, Putin, China, Hamas, Iran, they're all part of the same um, kind of evil actors. And I included right next to Khomeini, um, the secretary general of the UN, because they have been partners in this. They have been Hamas spokesmen. You know, if the UN or the rest of the world had any sanity and everybody condemned Hamas the day after this attack took place, there was no equivocation. There'd be no war. This would be over in days. But you have media outlets who are literally spokesmen for Hamas. They take Hamas propaganda as dogma and print it. Um, so all our institutions are corrupted by um this kind of mindset of oppressor versus oppressee, right versus wrong, does it matter? And I end the video with uh, Martin Luther King and his statement, which I think it resonates now more than ever, ever. Um, you know, silence in the face of evil is complicity. And frankly, you're seeing a lot of complicity in the arts, particularly the music business, because everybody with few exceptions um, have been silent on condemning Hamas. It's a disgrace. Uh, people ask me every day, where's everybody else? I don't have a good answer. Um, and I think historically, this generation of, of musicians um, will go down in shame. Well, I think the media in many instances has just as much to be embarrassed by and ashamed of. And even when they're trying to actually cover the story and do it factually. I don't think we're getting good context, not that I'm the expert, but it's not well explained that there are all these conflicts right now going on in the Mideast that have a singular source that was likely emboldened by seeing the response to the Hamas attack on Israel by so many that cheered it on. Um, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis that they hear about are all Islamic extremist terrorists funded by Iran. Um, that's just the fact of the matter, no one disputes that, but it's not well told. It almost sounds like, oh, there's there are these disparate things going on all over the Middle East. It's just bubbling up for no apparent reason. These things are probably all connected. And then you even were saying perhaps further connections to the other geopolitical dynamics like with Russia and so on. So I appreciate you for doing the new song and we will play that out as part of the podcast. And where can people go to share it and look at it for themselves after this. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, all the proceeds from this song, like the other songs, um, are going to uh, nonprofits. This song will go to nonprofits fighting anti-Semitism. Uh, the songs on YouTube, OK, Fight for Fighting, Instagram. You know, the Nation of Israel actually shared the song on their social media, and it it had a global impact because of that. And I got a quick sense of what Jewish people face every day. I think none of us really realized um, the depth of the anti-Semitism that is out there. You know, to see the hate, the vitriol, the death threats, you know, after Israel shared my song, I I, I think I have a unique understanding now of, of what Jewish people um, are facing. So I think I think it's important to, to speak up. 
um, you don't have to be Jewish to condemn atrocities and evil people. Um, I think we need to see more uh, non-Jews stand up um, and do the right thing. So yeah, if people can share it, uh, fightforfighting.com, the videos there, Twitter, Instagram. And the more we share it, I think it makes us all stronger. You know, uh, the more we we do the right thing, it gives courage to other people to do the right thing. Because as you said at the beginning of this con uh, this conversation, everybody should be condemning Hamas. I don't care who you are. It's a moral issue. Um, and if you don't, um, in a sense, we enable the next the next attack. Back with the song after a short break. In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to CherylAxon.com and click on the store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of fun and functional products designed specifically for independent and free thinkers like you, featuring slogans like, I tested positive for critical thinking, and I need to find some new conspiracy theories, all my old ones came true. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Ion Awards for off-narrative, accurate reporting. Go to CherylAckeson.com and click the store tab today.
Introducing Whipped Seafoam Body Butter by Sirenae Cosmetics. Hi, I'm Star, owner of the Lemonade Mermaid. Enriched with the nourishing powers of cocoa butter, mango butter, and shea butter, our body butter whisks you away to a world of deep hydration. Experience the essence of the sea with every application as this whipped delight leaves your skin refreshed, replenished, and ready to conquer the day. Visit thelemonademermaid.com and make your skin sing with the magic of the sea. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if you did, you'll leave us a great review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours. And now you can support independent journalism causes by visiting CherylAckeson.com and clicking on the store tab. There are some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you, such as products with the slogan, I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All my old ones came true. Proceeds benefit independent reporting causes. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.